Family night at the mission. Hello, everybody. Great to see you all here in the house of the Lord. Um, what an awesome time we're going to have tonight. We're going to start tonight with, uh, with the time of prayer, okay? So I'm going to invite everybody to stand to your feet. Uh, <clears throat> and then we're, we're going to, after our time of prayer, we're going to uh, dive into the Word of God. We're going to study um, the history of the people of Israel. And we're going to make some connections for us that are helpful for our daily living um, as we go about um, um, our journeys, each of us in our own different ways. So I pray that the word of God is, is encouraging to you guys. I pray that it's uplifting. I pray that it brings strength, comfort, and wisdom. Amen. And the word of God builds us all up. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and, and just and open it up right now. Um, if you have any specific prayer requests um, that you would like the brothers and sisters to pray um, with you, um, I'm going to invite you just to come up here to the front. Um, if, if you know you have a need right now, come on up. Come on up. Bring your request to the Lord. Bring your request to the Lord. And the brothers and sisters can, can gather around. We can pray. We can, we can lift each other up in, in prayer. Don't be shy either. Don't be shy. When it comes to asking um, of the Lord, don't be shy when it comes to uh, letting our requests um, made known. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing but through prayer and supplication. Make your requests known unto God so that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We have a sister here. Sister, did you want to... Um, pray with anybody privately did you want the church to know what you're coming to him for or you want to keep it confidential confidential all right sister lisa can you pray with our sister right here amen amen praise god sister stephanie i'm gonna ask that you come behind maggie right here in the in the black and pink and just lift her up okay her loved one is 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 not doing too well is sick in body and we're gonna pray for them in the name of jesus Sister Michelle, amen. Would you like prayer? Amen. Brother Corey and Cassandra, can you come alongside Sister Michelle? and just, just going to lay hands on her and just begin to pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Sometimes we just need a hug. Sometimes we just need to pray. Sometimes we just need to cry and let the Lord know. Sometimes we need to come before the Lord here at the altar. The Bible says that in the book of Luke chapter 1, Zechariah, the priest, and his wife Elizabeth laid a request before the Lord. They needed a miracle. The angel of the Lord came to Zechariah and spoke to him and delivered the answer to their prayer. Delivered a miracle to Zechariah and to Elizabeth when they made their requests known while they were faithfully serving the Lord at, at the house of God. Hallelujah. Father God, in, in the name of Jesus, as your people, Father God, grow, Lord Jesus, in their, their courage, Father God, in, in their bravery, Lord Jesus, to come to you, Father, lifting up their needs. I pray, Father, that you would meet each person at the point of their need. Father God, I pray that you would minister to us, Lord Jesus. Oh, Holy Spirit, that, that you would comfort us, Father God. Oh, Lord, won't you do these miracles, Lord Jesus? Won't you hear our prayers, Father God? Won't you bring strength, Lord Jesus, to those who are hurting, Lord God? Oh, Father God. 
Oh, Lord Jesus, how we need a special touch from you, Lord Jesus. Just as if your hand were coming from heaven, Father, placing your hand upon our shoulders, Father. May we, the body of Christ, Lord Jesus, be that hand, Lord God. May the words of strength, may the words of comfort, Father, that come straight from the word of God, Lord Jesus, be our yes and our amen. May the word of God, Father God, be the very bread, the manna from heaven that is falling down from heaven, feeding and nourishing the people of God. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord Jesus, even those who are praying, Lord Jesus, for the sick, even those who are praying, Father, for the hurting, may you know their prayers. May you come down, Lord, alongside them, Lord Jesus. You know their prayers. You know their needs. You know where they're at, Lord Jesus. Oh, Oh, Lord Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Father, you know my needs. You know the needs of my family, Lord. You know the needs of my wife, Lord. You know the needs of my children, oh God. Lord Jesus, you know the needs of this house. Oh, Father God. We come to you, Father. We know that you are, the, you are the one with the answers. We come to you, Father God. We come to you, Lord Jesus, nothing else. We come to you, Father God, no one else. We come to you with faith, Father God, because, Lord, we know that we cannot provide the solutions to all of our challenges, to all of our needs. We're careful to come to you, Lord Jesus. We're careful to bring our petitions to you, Lord God. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We pray for loved ones that, that are far away, Lord Jesus. Maybe they're physically not here, Lord Jesus, but we pray that you would just speak to them, encourage them, comfort them. Let them know, remind them, Father, that you are there with them. Hallelujah. Wherever we go, Lord, you are with us. Hallelujah. Give us great success. Give your, the people of God success. Give the, the people of God, Lord Jesus, grant them success in their endeavors. Grant the people of God, Lord Jesus. All the resources, Father, that are needed to complete the tasks and the assignments, Father God, that you have laid before us. Oh, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. Teach us, Father, to never be satisfied, Lord Jesus. Teach us never to be satisfied, Lord Jesus, but to be content because there's joy in being content. There's joy, Father God, in knowing, Lord Jesus, that you provide for all of our needs, but never let us be satisfied, Lord Jesus. Let us always strive, Father. Let us always go to you, Lord Jesus. Let us always believe, Lord Jesus, by faith, Father God, for greater things, Lord. Teach us not to, be, to hold back, Lord Jesus, from asking and petitioning, Lord Jesus, and believing, Father God, for greater things, O Lord. Oh, 
We thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. Oh, we lift up Vacation Bible School, Lord God. It's coming in just a couple of weeks. Oh, Lord, I pray that you would meet all of our needs. We pray for the souls of these children and these young people that will be coming to know you, Jesus, who will be receiving salvation for the first time, Lord God. Oh, Lord, for the families that will be coming to you, Lord Jesus, returning to you, Father God. Hallelujah. Families, Lord Jesus, coming from far and wide, that you would draw them here, Lord Jesus, as a magnet, Lord Jesus. You draw them here to the house of God. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you, Father God. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We magnify your holy name, oh God. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mighty Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord Jesus. And we pray all these things in Christ's name and the people of God said, amen. Put your hands together, church. Hallelujah. Everybody say amen on the count of three. One, two, three. Amen. Hallelujah. Whatever your prayer request is, whatever your need is, we're believing with each one of you that God would hear your prayer, that God would answer in his special way. We want to welcome you to here to the mission. I'm Pastor Josh Canales, and I'm the senior pastor of our fantastic church. And I'm so excited about um, spending some time in the word of God tonight. Um, but before I do, I, I have a couple of announcements that I wanted to uh, take care of. Uh, first of all, we're leaving the little barrel up here. So if Vacation Bible School comes to mind, drop a dollar, five dollars, some change. If you got change collecting in some piggy banks at home, bring them and drop it right here. Um, that, that's going to be taking care of all of our arts and crafts and snacks and our, our little vanilla wafers. Aren't those the best? VBS is, is not the same without the little vanilla wafers that you dip it right there in the little atole or some milk, you know what I mean? Or the red punch, the red punch kind. It's bomb. All right, so if you think of VBS, drop your little, your, your offering right there. And maybe not little offering, maybe a big offering, amen? Praise God. I think our budget this year is $6,000, which is nothing. Um, and, and the Lord is going to provide for all of that. But as the Lord leads and moves on your heart, um, let us be generous with the things of God. Also, our, our tithes and offering receptacles are back here on the back walls, one to my right, one to my left, your right over here. You drop them in there. Our tithes and our offerings are collected after every major, uh, major service, and, uh, and we're thankful for your faithfulness. We're thankful for your generosity. We're thankful for your giving unto the Lord and um, taking care of God's house. And the, the last thing I wanted to talk about today is we are going to organize a, a, an outreach, an evangelistic outreach, where we're going to um, take flyers for Vacation Bible School into neighborhoods all around the area where we live. Uh, we want to have a kind of a strategic plan. Um, and so on Sunday, after each service, this Sunday, after the English service, we're going to go into the rock behind us. It's the community center, our gym. 
And we're going to talk there about the plan to do some evangelism, some door-to-door knocking, and inviting our friends and families, handing out flyers, and reaching um, our community, inviting them to our Vacation Bible School. Okay, that's that, that, um, those meetings are going to take place this Sunday. And then on July 8th, um, in the morning, okay, we're going to meet here at 9 o'clock, and we are going to uh, then execute the plan. We're going to talk about the plan. We're going to have some neighborhoods and streets that are going to be drawn up on some maps. Okay, we're going to need captains. We're going to need people who love to do this type of evangelism. If you need to break out of your comfort zone, then I'm calling you out, and I'm asking you to be a part of this. It's going to be wonderful. We'll have waters. We'll have vehicles that will drive with people in different neighborhoods and lots of folks paving the, uh, the, the way, hitting the, hitting the concrete, all right, hitting the streets for Jesus. Can I hear an amen? We're going to be hitting up Keystone, going door to door, inviting our friends and family to Vacation Bible School. And, and, and um, if, if you want to get some extra flyers for your neighborhoods as well, please make sure you let us know and we'll put some in your hand gladly. All right. We're looking forward to it. And finally, um, on that July 8th, the day that we do the strategy and the planning, we're then going to take um, probably an hour to pray. Okay, so we'll meet at 9, we'll talk strategy for 30 to 45 minutes, and then we're going to spend an hour praying, all right? We're going to be praying for the Lord to work. We're going to be praying um, as the Lord leads his people, all right? And then somewhere um, between uh, 10.30 and 11, then we're going we're gonna to head out, okay? We'll head out in, in teams, all right, uh, supporting each other and um, putting the enemy on notice, you know what I'm saying? Got to put that fool on notice. So um, uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I need some folks that that uh, that are, are going to be um, are going to be um, ready and not afraid to go and do that um, and, and carve out that time if you're able. All right. And if you're not able to go with us, then dedicate that time to pray for your neighborhood. Dedicate that time to get those flyers out to your neighborhood, your friends, and your family. Um, and, and bring them out to our church. Um, we're beautifying the campus right now. We're in the process of um, cleaning all the, every last nook and cranny, window seals, uh, go, doing deep cleaning in the carpets. We're painting the whole front side, the whole, the whole facade of Torrance Boulevard. We're getting everything ready um, so that it's in tip-top shape. So there's a lot of work that is going into it. A um, couple of my dear brothers right here, Santos and Ishmael, they're part of our, our beautification team. Give, give Santos and Ish, you guys, a big round of applause. Our dear brothers right here gave their lives to Jesus this past Sunday during our Spanish service. They, they came to the altar. Um, the Holy Spirit just picked them up and put them right here along with their brother Moises. And they're just excited and on fire for the Lord. And, and uh, the Holy Spirit just moved. And, and, uh, and here, here we are. We have two brothers, um, literally blood brothers and brothers in Christ that are, that are excited about serving the Lord and, um, and being obedient soldiers for the Lord Jesus. How many of you know that we were once uh, obedient soldiers for a different cause? Amen. All right. But now we're, we're, we're obedient to the cause of Christ. Amen. Amen. The cause of the kingdom. Amen. Amen. So praise the Lord. I did see my mother-in-law walk in, and I know mama has a big surgery tomorrow. Um, Mama Mo, we love you. We're praying for you. And uh, we know that you're going to have a speedy recovery. 
Amen, Mama. We love you. Looking forward to that healing. All right. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 24. All right. In the book of Genesis, chapter 24, we are continuing to learn about the patriarchs. Um, if you can look for your, your Bible scripture um, and, and repeat after me, um, then you're, you're a really talented individual. But uh, everybody say the patriarchs. Everybody say the patriarchs. All right. I happen to be one of those those um, crazy Christians. I, I still believe in the patriarch of the family, the spiritual patriarch of, of the home. I believe that the, the father, the man is the head of the household. All right. I believe that God has called the woman to be his help meet. All right. Just like he fashioned and formed Adam and Eve. I do believe that that the that the um, the calling. All right. To the ministry is not only for the man, though. I do believe that God has called both men and women to serve in the ministry. Um, the prophetic, the pastoral gift, the priestly gift is also one that um, in Scripture appears many times. You can find references and, and instances where women were used mightily of God. Prophetesses um, who spoke on behalf of God, thus saith the Lord. All right. Um, women of God who led Israel as the, the head, the head leader and judge and prophet. Um, priestess and, and queen of Israel in the mighty leader, Deborah, all right? So um, all of those things are wonderful. They're, they're wonderfully um, observed and celebrated in this fantastic church, and we're so thankful uh, for that. Um, but today, we're talking about one of our spiritual patriarchs in the man named Isaac, okay? He was the son of Abraham, um, from whom the inheritance of the promise covenant that God had given to Abraham when he called them out of Ur of the Chaldees. All right. Abraham was a, he was a shepherd. He was a Bedouin. He was a wandering man. All right. Um, and he was a blessed man. The Bible called him a prince among men, which means he was prosperous. And two weeks ago, we learned about the, 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 the meaning and the significance of a person who's called the prince or a princess, and it means that they're a person of, of influence. They're a person of great wealth, which means that they're a person of wisdom, somebody who knows how to take the knowledge and the information and experience and convert it into material wealth is one that we consider or can look to as a prince or a princess. And so Isaac is continuing the lineage of Abraham. He was the promised heir of his father Abraham. All right. And now we're talking about Father Isaac. All right. And we're moving into the son. Um, and we're going to look at now how he will continue the line of Abraham. All right. He's going to continue the line of Abraham. And so we're going to read several different portions of scripture in chapter 24. All right. Um, but let, let, let me let me let me pause for a moment. I want you to just jog your memory now. Go back to two weeks ago. If there were anybody here that remembers Okay, what we talked about. Does anybody remember what was significant of this story in chapter 23 when Abraham had to bury Sarah? What was one of the significant moments of, his bur of her burial? Anybody remember? He had to buy land. Yes, yes, praise God. And what was the significance of Abraham buying property or buying land in the land of Canaan? 
the promise was starting to be fulfilled. That it was, it was they're establishing the foothold in the promised land or Canaan land. Somebody say amen. amen. And that, that first piece of property, right? Like my father, uh, he always jokes. He goes, man, do you guys know I'm a rich man? Man, I own property in PV. Everybody's like, what? I thought you lived in Keystone. <laughs> He's like, yeah, over there in Green Hills Cemetery. We have family property. <laughs> we have our stake, man, in the South Bay. Shoot. Um, we got several plots that are, that are double plots. Shoot. We got double deckers carrying on, man. We're, 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 we're landowners. Amen? Amen. And so Abraham went and he, he bought a cave. He bought a cave for his wife, Sarah, so he could bury his wife there. And so the significance of him purchasing this land and purchasing this property was that they would establish the foothold, which would establish the corner of the promise that, that all that land and that whole region would one day become the, the people of Israel's. Wow. You know, when, when, when you have a place like that, all right, a, a memorial place, a memorial stone if you have a, a headstone, right, at a, at a cemetery, does that cemetery have a significance in your life? Yeah. It doesn't mean you go and, you know, you're, you're pouring out, you know, the old English 800, you know, malt liquor. You know, this one's dedicated to the homies in that gangs. You know what I'm saying? Now, we're not necessarily, you know, asking you to go and do that. But guess what? It does bring us back, doesn't it? We go back and we pay our respects, right? We go back and we remember wonderful things about that loved one who passed on before us. Sometimes you go on birthdays and, 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 and special holidays, you know, to go and memorialize that person. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Please just don't take a, a bowl of, and put some bananas and oranges and, and, and a plate of food and put, you know, post it up. Please don't do that, all right? We're not making any altars to the dead. Can I hear an amen, church? Amen. Some of you are like, oh, pastor, no, I'm serious, man. Don't be mixing in all that, you know, that crazy stuff. You don't need to do all that. Take a picture, say a prayer, hang out for a little bit, meditate. Yeah, I said meditate. Nothing wrong with meditating. Oh, meditate. No, man, meditate in the Lord. Meditate on the word of God. Meditate in the spirit. Meditate in prayer. Amen. Amen. You know, don't meditate and, you know, worship the sun. Don't meditate and go worship the moon. Don't meditate and go worship the, the animals. Don't, me, you know what I'm saying? Don't go do a bunch of crazy new age, you know, stuff carrying on. I mean, that's, that's not of the Lord. That's not biblical. All right. But if you're going to meditate, we're going to read right here. Yeah, there was the meditation in the Lord all throughout scripture, which means we, we think and we ponder and we pray. And we like, to, we like to, to go to a place and remember the wonderful things that God allows us to remember. Can I hear an amen? amen? All right. So now we're going into the study of Isaac. All right. Everybody say Isaac. Okay. The name Isaac in Hebrew, everybody say Yitzchak. Everybody say Yitzchak. Like Yitzchak. All right. Uh, Yitzchak is how you say Isaac in Hebrew. And does anybody know what, what the, the Hebrew word Yitzchak or Isaac means? Come on, man. You got all the answers, Sister Stephanie. 
She's Louise. The only thing you're missing is the tambourine. Come on, sister. On Sunday. Come on now. So the, so the name Isaac is, everybody say, he laughs. He laughs. That's why my father is so funny. Pastor Isaac, he was funny. He was born with, you know, his, uh, with, with his funny bone right in his brain. You're like, what? Pops is crazy, man. All I, I mean, I, you sit with my pops for a minute, and I mean, he's got you dying laughing. If you're eating a dinner, if you're eating, Louis, if you're eating a meal with my, my pops, oh, man, forget about it, man. Your, your stomach is going to be turning because you're just laughing so hard. You, sometimes you laugh so hard, you start crying. I'm not even going to start talking about some of the things that have happened to people laughing so hard or hanging around my dad related to bodily functions. So praise God. Everybody say Isaac. He laughs. Amen. And the promise of God um, was given to Abraham and his wife Sarah. And the reason why he gets his name Isaac was because um, Sarah, Isaac's mom, what did she do when, when the angel of the Lord appeared to her and told her that she was going to bear a child at the age of 90? What did she do? She laughed. And she could hardly believe that she would actually have a child in that um, wise, um, seasoned age. Amen? Amen. And how many of you guys saw Brother Manuel at church this Sunday? 95 years old, first time back in, in over a month and a half after a couple of falls. He was here. His, his daughter Anna, faithful daughter Anna, brought Brother Manuel. He was here um, and uh, enjoying the service and, and just so blessed to have many of our our patriarchs of this house, men of God, that pray for us, that still think of us. Um, and so I'm thankful for that. So the Bible says, Abram was now a very old man, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. Somebody say every way. Every way. Hey, do you want to be blessed in every way? Amen. Then serve the Lord faithfully into your old years and start now. The quicker you get at the, the, the jump, having a jump start or a head start on serving the Lord and, and serving him faithfully now, the better that we will reap the rewards and the benefits of God. Oh, pastor, you, you don't actually serve God so that you could reap the benefits that God has. Absolutely, I do. I would be a fool if I didn't go to the Lord asking and desiring the very best that he has for me and mine. So I encourage you to seek the Lord and seek his best for your life. Seek the Lord and ask God to, to, to pour out the blessings from heaven over your lives. Can I hear an amen? amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible says that he was blessed in every way. It was blessed spiritually. He was blessed materially. He was blessed socially. He was blessed emotionally. Oh man, how many of you know it is so good to, to have good emotional health? Amen. To be in tune with our emotions and, and we're not having a, a, a good day, man. We, we can go to the Lord in prayer and in the word of God and the Lord just, he cheers, he cheers us up, turns our day around. We learn how, we learn with wisdom and because of, of the, our time spent with the Lord and his people, he, he changes things, right, Corey? The Lord changes things. Like a bunch of us guys went to the Angels game the other day. Oh, my goodness. That was a rich time of fellowship in Christ and amongst the brothers. 
right? And those are the things that Abram was, was blessed in, um, in every way. One day Abraham said to the man in charge of his household, who was his oldest servant, he says, swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, the God of earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I am living, but will go to my country and my own relatives and get a wife for my son Isaac. Pause there in verse 4. Let's talk about this. No, this is not talking about being prejudiced. It's not talking about racism. Okay? It's not talking about classism. This is talking about Abraham desiring to have um, his son marry a woman that was raised with the same um, virtues as he was from his father's household, all right? Um, the land of Canaan was a pagan land. The land of Canaan um, was a land filled of people that worshiped strange gods, all right? Burning strange fire. Are you following me? Abram knew that the, the life that he had led, all right, and that he had followed God and coming from good stock was a place to start and continue his lineage, all right, through the covenant that God had, had given uh, him. And so he wants to make sure that he doesn't have his son marry somebody who's going to pull him away from his relationship with the Lord. Amen. Can I hear an Amen. It's important, it's important to, you know, uh, link ourselves up with people of similar faith, okay, somebody who's open, all right, to growing in Christ with us, somebody um, who also loves the things of the Lord, all right, um, and is not going to at least stop or prevent us or get in the way, all right, and there's lots of other Dynamics. There's lots of other um, ways that that we as men and women of God have to trust the Lord also in some relationships. All right. And pray and seek the Lord that the Lord would would move in the hearts of some of our spouses or our loved ones. Can I hear an amen to that? OK, don't ever go away from this place thinking that we as Christians think that we're all better than anybody because we're not. We're simply talking about the virtues and the wonderful things of what it is like to be able to share some things in common um, or at least be able to hold the things of God in, in reverence or in high esteem, all right? I'm going to ask some of the brothers, we can open up some of these, these doors, open up one of those doors back there, open up these, open up that door over there and the far door. Let's get a nice, nice current of, of air coming from, from Redondo Beach. I think that would serve us all well, don't you? Enjoy this nice summer breeze. Brother Eddie, can you prop that door open right there and get us a little breeze flowing through here? That's what I'm, oh, you feel that breeze already? Oh, man, that felt so good. I was starting to get hot up here, man. And the servant said unto him, peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me into this land. Must I needs bring thy son again into the land from whence thou camest? And Abram said unto him, Beware thou that thou bring not my son thither again. Verse 7. The Lord, the God of heaven, who brought me out of my father's household and my native land 
and who spoke to me and promised me on oath, saying, to your offspring, I will give this land. There goes that conversation about the land again. Amen. He will send his angel before you so that you can get a wife for my son from there. All right. Um, so now Abraham is, is leaning on the promise that God made him. And as he's leaning on the promise, all right, he's bringing his, his son. He's, Abraham's bringing his servants. He's bringing everybody in his household, everybody in his enterprise to be involved in this wonderful affair of continuing this covenant and this promise through Abraham and his offspring. Verse 8, if the woman is unwilling to come back with you, watch this right here. You're going to love this right here in verse 8. Then you will be released from this oath of mine. Only do not take my son back there. Let's read verse 9. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of his master Abraham and swore on oath to him concerning this matter. Interesting. He said to his servant, go to the land of my father, the land of my father's, and find a wife for my son. And if you can't find a woman from that land, please promise me that you will not take my son back to that land. Why do you think Abraham said that? Go ahead. What are your thoughts? Stephanie. She's right again. The moment Isaac leaves, he might end up staying. He might end up going back to near the Fertile Crescent where civilization began and not want to leave, right? And he doesn't want his son to go back. God brought them there to that point to go where? Forward. When God brings us along in life, he brings us to a point not to take us back to where we came from. Isaac. Talking about you today, brother. He didn't bring you and your mom and your family this far to take you back. He's bringing you this far, mijo, to show you to lift your head and your eyes, your physical eyes and your spiritual eyes to see the great things that he has in store for you, mijo. But you got to trust him. And you got to walk with him in your, in your own life, in your, in your own way, mijo. You got to begin to have a relationship with the Lord and start, call, start calling upon the Lord and bringing in your prayer request to him so he can show himself real in your life. He's waiting to show you and demonstrate to you his goodness, his faithfulness, and his love for you, son. Can the church say amen? amen. And that word for Isaac is the same for all of us. God does not bring us to a point to leave us. The Bible says that he will never leave you, nor what? Forsake you. Right? Much like Lot and his wife who had to leave Sodom and Gomorrah. What did God tell Lot and his wife not to do? What did he tell them not to do? Don't look back. Don't look back to the old way of life, even though it looks enticing. 
You might be, even be attractive to that old ruka, you know, from the, from the neighborhood. Gonna have to let that miha go. Let her go. Don't go back. Find a, 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 a nice woman of God. A nice man of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God has some great things in store for us. Just got to trust him. Don't short circuit the plan. Look what else it says. If the woman is unwilling to come back with you, then you would be released from this oath of mine. He's like, because the, the, the man is going about to make a promise with Abraham. Only do not take my son back there. Okay, we talked about that. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of his master Abraham and swore an oath to him concerning this matter. Can I talk about verse 9 for a second? And I'm not going to get too graphic. This is what they did back then because they didn't have direct access to, you know, liability forms, covenants, agreements, you know, um, paperwork drawn up by your lawyers. They didn't have all those kinds of things. But what did they have? Handshakes, oaths, promises. And when it says right here that, that he said, give me your hand and place it under my thigh, the, the, in Hebrew, it's actually the inner thigh. So they would grab the hand of an oath and they would put it all the way up under the garment of the man as close up high on the, the, the crotch as possible. It may seem strange to you, but this was customary in the ancient Near East, human history. These are the kinds of things that they would establish an oath because it would be an exchange that a person would never forget. Oh, he really knows me, and I know him. And that's how you established an oath back then. Isn't that interesting? I prefer a handshake. I remember, I remember a billionaire walked into here and wanted to partner with us to turn our boxing gym into one of the greatest boxing gyms in America. And he said he, he was coming with his crew, which turned out to be an entourage. He pulled up in two or three limos, and about eight guys got out of their black vehicles with chauffeurs and a whole bunch of lawyers and all these other businessmen came walking into the church and me and my pops were over here probably, you know, in like jeans. My dad probably had on some chanclas, you know what I mean? And we walk into the, to our, 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 our Bible study uh, um, library area over here and we all sat down. Um, don't, get me, don't get me wrong. We had, you know, some nice fine china that we had water and coffee and everything like that. You know, we weren't straight hood with it, you know what I'm saying? But they said, uh, Pastors Canales, we want to make a partnership. He said, okay. And they said, so we brought our lawyers, our attorneys, because we want to make sure that we, everything we do here is, is, is covered and it's, it's, um, we're not held liable and, and we have everything signed and, and written. And by then, you know, we, we had already gotten into, you know, all the... Um, all the work that had already started over here in the rock, but they were trying to solidify some other stuff on a different level. 
And my pops, I never forget this. My dad looked across the table and he said, Mr. King, um, we're not signing anything. And he says, what do you mean, pastor? Reverend? He used to call my dad Reverend. What do you mean, Reverend? He's like, Michael, we're not signing anything. You want to come here? You come and you train. And we'll do it on a handshake. You come in here and beautify this place. And we're going to continue to do what we've done here all along, which is to get our youngsters off the streets, out of gangs, off of drugs, out of jail, and out of the grave. And if you want to come and help us do it and take it to another level, you're more than welcome to. But when you're long gone from this place and move on to another thing, we're going to still be here doing the same thing that we were doing before you came. We, we, my dad, again, made all them laugh, and, and they were just blown away by this crazy Mexican. And he says, so what do you say, Mike? And he says, Reverend, it's a deal. And he reached out his hand, and my dad shook his hand. It was, that was the way it was for 10 years straight. And over $1.25 million went into our church facilities right here on that handshake. More than a signature on a, on a dotted line. The Bible says that the Lord will bring the gold and the silver from the world to bless the people of God. Amen? All on a handshake. And so let's continue. We're going to find out some other cool stuff right here in the next few verses. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and left, taking with him all kinds of good things from his master. He set out for Aram Naharaim. Everybody say Aram Naharaim. And made his way to the town of Nahor. All right, right there, verse 10. Pause there for a moment. Do you see any correlation between any of the names right there in verse 10? Any correlation? Can we pull up those scriptures on the, on the board? And if you have your Bible, I want you, to, I want you to check these things out. You see any correlation? Any words that look, look alike or look similar? How about Nahor and Nahadaim? You see that? So if Abram was sending his servant to go back to the land of his fathers and Nahor was his grandfather and he's going back to the land, Aram, Naharaim, it piqued my interest and I decided to go and look it up. So the word Aram is one word that can refer to as the plains or the flatlands, the region of the plains or the flatlands. Or highlands, okay? Like high desert. Where's high desert? Over here in SoCal. Palmdale, Lancaster, that's high desert. Where's low desert? Indio, right? Palm Springs, Palm Desert. Man, y'all need to get, get with it on your SoCal geography. Come on. So Aram, Naharaim, means this. The highlands of the people of Nahor. The highlands of the people of Nahor. Right? That's awesome, isn't it? Like Carson is named after people that came and helped establish this area. Right? Same thing like Dominguez. Dominguez was, was named after a very wealthy, wealthy uh, rancher. Right? 
all these cities around here, this whole place was all ranchers, right? Um, the Los Mexicanos, the, 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 the European mixing with the indigenous people folk, right? Uh, making the mestizos um, race help settle all these areas around here with all the natives, man. That's why you have, you go all the way to Palos Verdes, right? And it's all Spanish names. You go to Bel Air, all Spanish names, right? It's interesting how people change and people come and go, right? But these places, their names get established and have a place of permanence, which is why Isaac Abram didn't want his son Isaac to go back and leave the land of Canaan where they had established their foothold. Right? My mind's going racing in a whole bunch of different directions, but I got to discipline. I got to harness that puppy right now. All right, let's get back to the word. So Abram didn't want his son Isaac to go back to their, their old stomping grounds. He said, oh, you're going to love these next two verses. He had the camels kneel down near the well outside the town. It was toward evening, the time the women go out to draw water. Then he prayed, verse 12, O Lord, O God, my master Abraham, give me success today and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I am standing beside this spring, and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. Pause there. Hold your finger on verse 13 and 14. What's the significance for you? What's the significance for us right here out of this passage right here, Gabriel? That Abraham's servant, Abraham's servant prayed and asked for success from the Lord. He prayed so hard that his camel even prayed too. You see that right there? It says his camel kneeled down right there by the water. That is so cool. He was like, Father, bless my master. That is so cool. See, you got to pray so hard, your, your cats and dogs pray. And then you better pray too that them rats in my garage, I don't catch them. Man, they're putting holes in everything, man. The summer harvest. Right, baby girl? Causing me headaches and nightmares and all kinds of stuff. Got me waking up in the middle of the night, running back to the workshop to see if I caught them. You hear them scratching around. All right. So we see here that, that Abraham's servant, likely Abimelech, um, prays and asks God for success. Guys, whatever you do, pray. Ask God to give you success. You're a teacher. Pray that God gives you success You're at this next school year. Pray that God gives you that promotion that you're looking for. Pray on this mission that you're about to go on, that the Lord will bless the mission. My wife and I are getting ready to tour um, three different countries in Europe, maybe more, depending. We're praying that God gives us great success. We're praying that God leads us and guides us to the right places, the right hotels, to the right restaurants, to have the right conversations, lead some people to Jesus while we're out there in Europe. Hallelujah. Amen. We're not just going out there just to see fun things and explore culture and visit uh, Normandy Beach, right? Visit the Louvre. I'm going to, Lord willing, visit the Eiffel Tower. I'm going to go to the Leaning Tower of Pizza. Um, all these, or Pisa, right? 
all these places. Man, we're asking God to give us great success. Don't hold back from asking God for the greatest things. You'd be surprised the things that he has your name on it already. What's he waiting for, though? Uh-huh. Yup. Responsibility. Faithfulness. Keeping your word. Not going back on your word. Man, do you know how important it is to, to when you give your word to keep it? It's hard, huh, Maggie? But you can do it. Church, you know, you know how you can start learning how to, learning how to um, keep your word every time? Is by stop, not committing yourself or overcommitting yourself as a bad habit because you're worried about people um, being upset with you or not liking you. So we say things like, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll be there, man. I'm, I'll see you. Like, man, slow your roll. Be like, hey, you know what? Let me check that out. You know, let me get back to you on that. You're not letting them down. And now you're being faithful and you're being legitimate. And you're actually going to make an effort to go and do the thing that you're actually thinking about and pondering. But don't be like the person that always says that they're going to be there and they never show. Pretty soon your word is mud. Your word is mud, right? But no, let's be men and women of our word. Keep our promise. Just like you guys kept your promise, right? We keep our promises. And we start building trust. Because you know, trust is really, really, really hard to build. Trust is really, 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 really hard to gain. Trust is really, 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 really hard to earn. And it's easy to lose it. Right, Sister Veronica? There's a walking miracle right there, our second row. Right, sister? Walking miracle. God being faithful. And look at you being faithful, raising your granddaughter in the house of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's give God a hand of praise. Hallelujah. She was on her deathbed. How many years ago, Veronica? Year and a half. She's one of the only ones that could still. Wasn't for the Lord. That's right was obedient and we prayed and we told the doctors to get on their on their job and do what they're supposed to do and the lord was faithful amen says veronica you're like the only person that could still like pull my dad's ear and he'll actually listen from the neighborhood that's right praise god <laughs> so let's let's go back to the word then he prayed he says give me success and he stood by the spring, the water well. Does anybody here know the significance of water wells and springs? Anybody know spiritual significance? Anybody want to try it, crack at it? Close? Man, that's the first answer you didn't have, sister. <laughs> Pastor Koba, he knows this one. Sign of life, absolutely. The other part, scripturally. Out of our belly shall flow rivers of uh, living water. Absolutely. Another very practical is it was a nuptial site. It was a place where men and women would meet and make introductions. It's where men went to find a wife. It's all throughout scripture. 
You'll see that at water holes, that's oftentimes when people would go because women would, would be there at that particular place around that town because it was a sign of life. And women often would care for the things of the household, specifically um, getting water and bringing water back to the house for, for cleaning purposes, cooking purposes, so on and so forth. So men oftentimes would go to look for wives at wells, okay? Like, like in the book of John chapter 4, Jesus went to the well. He had a, um, an appointment with the woman from Samaria, right? The Samaritan woman. Right. She was going there, too. And when she saw Jesus, she was she started like, you know, flirting with him, looking him up and down. It's like, all right, I got another one here on the hook. Jesus was like, nah, you know, it's, you know, it's not that way. It's not that way. But praise the Lord. Um, so we see here that Abraham's servant goes to this spring or this well. And look what it says right here. Let's read. Verse 14, may it be that when I say to a girl, please let down your jar that they may have a drink. And she says, drink and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Okay, verse 14, guys, guess what? I'm not gonna go there doctrinally or theologically and say that, Every time you ask God for a sign that he's going to answer and show you the sign. But what I am going to say is this. Sometimes when you are seeking God in a matter, don't be afraid to look for the signs that are around. And don't shy away from asking God to confirm or to, to, to offer a sign that will at least confirm that you're in, headed in the right direction. Or that you're moving in the right direction of making the wisest and best decision for you and for yours. God has a habit of letting us know that he's listening. God has a habit of letting us know, whether it's that little pajarito that came out there when you were at a moment of pause and you were seeking the Lord, and then he just picked up his head right there. Me and my son Judah, we have a, we have a habit of wherever we drive, we look for birds of prey like hawks, falcons and when we see them we see judah look 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 and we look over on the, on the way to school this whole year there was a, a lamp post over the freeway exit where we would get off and it was bright mornings where the sun was already peeking out there were two parrots that would be right there together they would be grooming each other the males sometimes would spin around the lamp post it was amazing and we would drive by and whenever we would see those birds Guess what me and Judah would say? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for reminding us that today's a great day. And today's a great day, huh, Judah? He didn't have to say a word, my son. He'd just look over there at him, he'd go like this. He was tired, grumpy, moody, hormonal. He would go like this. That's like saying a thousand words for a 14-year-old teenager in purgatory. Thank God he's out of purgatory, man. He's on to high school. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I got two boys in high school. That's crazy. I'm going to throw their phones away so that the young ladies can't get a hold of them. Jeez Louise, those are two handsome cookies. 
give me success, he said. And would you confirm and would you show me it's the right woman that when I ask her for a drink of water, she not only gives me water to drink, but she feeds, or excuse me, she, she uh, offers water to my camels too. It was like a sign of kindness, a sign of the kind of woman that the servant knew his father Abraham would want for Isaac. When I say father, I mean master. I meant it. He wanted to bring back the finest, the finest from, from his family tree, his family line. Before he had finished praying, Rebecca came out with her jar on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, who was the wife of Abram's brother, Nahor. Everybody say Nahor. So we see here that he also had a brother named Nahor, keeping the family name alive. The girl was very beautiful, a virgin. No man had ever lain with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jar, and came up again. The servant hurried to meet her and said, Please give me a little water from your jar. Drink, my lord, she said, and quickly lowered the jar to her hands and gave him a drink. He drank from her hands, not even from a cup. Uh, talk about hospitality. Talk about ancient Near East customs. That's pretty dang intimate. That's pretty gracious. Let's continue. After she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they have finished drinking. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough ran back to the well to draw more water and drew enough for all his camels. Without saying a word, the woman watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. Wow. He was like, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes. Oh, yeah, praise God. Success. When the camels had finished drinking, the man took out a a gold nose ring weighing a becca and two gold bracelets weighing 10 shekels. Then he asked, whose daughter are you? Please tell me, is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? And she answered him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son that Milcah bore to Nahor. And she added, we have plenty of straw and fodder as well as room for you to spend the night. Then the man bowed down and worshiped the Lord, saying, Praise be to the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not abandoned his kindness and faithfulness to, his ma to my master. As for me, the Lord has led me on the journey to the house of my master's relatives. And the girl ran and told her mother's household about all these things. Now Rebekah had a brother named, named Laban. Everybody say Laban. Laban. Man, Laban was lame, man. I'm not going to get ahead of the game, but man, you got to go home and read that story tonight, all right? It's, it's like good and bad. As soon as he had seen the nose ring, and it doesn't say whether he put the ring in her nose or just offered it as a gift, because that must have meant that it was very precious and it was very weighty and heavy. And you're like, they wore nose rings? Yeah, so don't be quick to judge people these days when you see them with them, all right? It's not your cup of tea. Praise God. Keep on trucking. 
Can I hear an amen? amen? All right. If you don't want one, you don't have to get one. If somebody has one, all right, praise the Lord. They got to clean it. All right. And had heard Rebecca tell what the man said to her. Let's continue. And he went out to the man and found him standing by the camels near the spring. Come, you who are blessed by the Lord, he said. Why are you standing out here? I have prepared the house and a place for the camels. So the man went to the house and the camels were unloaded. Straw and fodder were brought for camels and water for him and his men to wash their feet. Then food was set before him. But he said, I will not eat until I have told you what I have to say. All right, pause there, right there, and we're going to wrap up right here. We're seeing here this wonderful, wonderful gift that many of us could actually learn from called hospitality, right? Hospitality in those days, whether they took someone in, a, a traveler, a stranger, because people lived few uh, and far in between, major, major, right, territories and lands. Um, it's much like this driving through Texas on the 10, and you read a sign that says, get gas now, there is no gas for the next 200 miles. In other words, your radiator breaks in the middle of Texas, in the hot, middle of the hot summer, and you got bad phone service, you're going to be waiting there a minute unless there's a good Samaritan willing to pull over. But ladies, don't pull over for a guy, all right? All right, ladies? Don't do that. Be wise. But we see right here that when Abram's servant pulled up and he began to tell the story and make the, the formal request of what he had come from and actually reveal to, the, to them who he actually was and who he actually represented, they had already opened up their home to him. Right? A, a time of visitation. I've learned this from my family. Don't be opposed to have visitors. Just have limitations and have boundaries as to how long the person is to visit and to where that person stays and quarters and rooms that are off limits and things and rules of the household that are in place that must be followed and carried out to the T. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. Those things are good to have as people who... Um, our homeowners or heads of households. That way we have, whether friend or family member, not ever take advantage, if possible, of our kindness and our love and our ability to welcome them in. But thank the Lord that here in this, and in, in their custom was to take people in, to feed them, to care for them, and to give them what they needed because the journeys that these people would take back then, much like some folks still take to this day and age, are long and arduous and very, very difficult, right? So we see these as some very, very important things. Um, I'm going to end there. I'm going to finish with this comment. Um, Abram's servant was going to seek an arranged marriage, all right? Here in the United States of America, it's not our custom. It's not our practice to um, have arranged marriages. Um, I do have some friends that I like to joke around and say, hey, man, Save your daughter for my son. And I make, the, I make the teenagers blush. And they all, I say it in front of them. And my wife kicks me under the table. Stop her. 
I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But um, arranged marriages were the norm and was part of their custom, the Hebrew custom to have arranged marriages, right? Did you know that today in 2023, 50% of marriages around the world are still arranged? Did you know that currently there are about 20 million arranged marriages that exist? Um, families that come together and pray and plan and plot out the future of their children, their lineage, so on and so forth. There's lots of other things that go into it. Um, so in, in those days, it was, it was the custom. Um, I know it's not our custom here in now, um, but I, I do want to say this. If you're a parent of children, begin praying for their spouse now. I got a big amen back there from a mama who's got a whole bunch of sons. One of them over here, a nephew over there. Um, moms and dads, pray for your, the husbands um, of your daughters in the event that they get married. In the event that your sons are married, pray for their future spouses, right? And not everybody's going to get married, and that's okay. But you can pray now and leave all of those things in the hands of the Lord. Let it be God's will as he will speak to his own children, all right? But right now is as good a time as any to begin praying. Uh, young ladies, pray for your future husband if you want to be married. Young men, pray for your future wife if you'd like to be married, for a godly man or a godly woman. Don't be afraid to be specific, okay? You want him to be tall? All right, put it on the list, and if he's not as tall as you want, praise God. Hopefully, he, he has a, a bigger heart for God, like me. I wasn't six feet tall, but thankfully, Boomy didn't give up on me. She just wore flat shoes, and I wore high heels like John Travolta to the wedding, so we were good. It was awesome. Yeah, praise God. Hallelujah. But my wife, if you, if, if, you, if you talk to her, she had, a, she had a, a, a top 10 list. Right, baby? She did in her, in her journal. And to this day, I've never seen it, but legend has it. She had a top 10 list of what she wanted and was praying for in a husband. And then she had two bonuses, two bonus, bonus requests, 11 and 12. And I did not fit the mold of 11 and 12, but thankfully they were not in the top 10. Praise God, right? Boomy, you blushing over there? You're so, so beautiful. You're so cute, baby girl. That's my baby girl. No, but, um, but praise the Lord. Amen? I love the story of Isaac and Rebecca, or my, as my dad says, right, Koba? Rebecca. Um, she's prominent in the story of, of God. She's prominent in the story of the people of God the people of Israel, okay? She was, she was Israel's mother. She was Jacob's mother, all right? She's prominent. And um, man, much reverence for her, right, Pastor? Like, like Mary, the mother of Jesus, much reverence, but we don't pray to them. We don't pray to Mary, okay? We pray to Jesus. We pray to Father God, Amen. We, we invoke the name of Jesus and ask for the power of the Holy Spirit. But these wonderful people that we learn in Scripture are wonderful, 
wonderful people that carry attributes that we can aspire to as men and women of God, as we are in the, the spiritual lineage of these people. We're their offspring spiritually. We're covered by the blood. We're activated and brought into the kingdom of God by the blood of Jesus and grafted in to the, the lineage of his people and his wonderful priestly and royal line. So I want you to walk out of here humble, but with your head held high, knowing that you belong to the family of God. And we just learned about one of our forefathers, one of our foremothers, right? Some of our ancestors of the faith. And what a, what a wonderful and rich story it was. I hope you enjoyed the message. I hope that you're able to apply some of these practical things to your life. And um, I just pray that you just continue to fall more and more uh, in love with Jesus and with his word. Amen? Amen? Let us pray. Father God, we thank you and we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the story of Isaac and Rebecca. It's just getting good. It's just getting started. This um, really this like this soap opera of, of one of your sons, um, of the fathers of our faith, Father God. Beautiful story of how you used Isaac, the blessing, the anointing, um, the, the, the financial um, favor and blessing that followed Isaac. Um, the, the, the way that you taught him how to work as a businessman um, and how to be um, committed um, to, the, to the ground and to the work that you put into his hands, Lord Jesus. Um, how you, he combined that, Lord Jesus, with the, the blessings and the promise um, over that great land that he inherited. Um, and so, Lord, may we walk into the inheritance that you've set aside for us. May we understand the, the spiritual territory that you are preparing us to take. Father God, may you open our eyes to see the land that, set, that is set before us. That we lift up our eyes, Lord Jesus, and as far as the horizon, Lord Jesus, we will not put a limit on the blessings and the favor, Father God, that comes along with being a son and a daughter of the Most High. Lord Jesus, if there's somebody here who doesn't know you, somebody here, Father, who, who have never invited you, Jesus, to come into their life, somebody here who have not put their faith in you, I pray, Lord Jesus, that today that they would find you. Father God, I pray that today, Father God, they, they, would have brought, uh, they would have been brought closer to your heart, Father God, into a loving relationship with you. Lord Jesus, that they would recognize that their sins have been forgiven in Christ, in you, our Lord. And that these same stories and that these same blessings, these same blessings, Father God, of the people of God belong to us, belong to them. We pray this in Jesus' name and everyone said... Amen. God bless you, church. I love you. I can't wait to see you on Sunday. Please play, pray about being a part of our neighborhood evangelism, passing out flyers, passing out the good word to friends and family so that they can come to VBS. VBS.